Hello, and welcome back to Dive In with Exo Swimmer Girl XO. I am your host. My name is Catherine, and my TikTok handle is Exo Swimmer Girl XO, which is why this is called Dive In. Let's dive into the past week. I hope you've all had a great week. I am reporting live from my childhood home, which brings me back to the last time I was like here, here. I know I have a podcast on this. Um, actually, I started my podcast in here which is so funny. Um, So many things have happened here. I flew back from California last week and I will be on the East Coast until July 6th when I officially move to California for the summer, um, at least. So really exciting stuff. And I've been in a really reflective mood and I kind of wanted to share it with you guys. Uh, I feel like it was just yesterday And also at the same time, so like I, it's hard to even relate to the version of me who like ended a almost three year long relationship and had no idea what to do. Like ended the relationship, called my mom. Um, I ended it the day after Valentine's day in 2021 and we had re-signed a lease again. So I was like, I don't know where I'm going to live. I don't know what I'm going to do. I called my family and immediately my mom picked me up and I had moved my stuff out, coordinated the getting out of that lease. It was so, there were so many logistics that were necessary at the time for me, Um, as well as coordinating like, I had just started my MBA program. So, excuse me. So like I was doing this on top of like my first ever MBA final season and it was, a lot of things felt impossible to me. Um, the thing with ADHD, I, I'm not great at coordinating. I'm not great at having multiple pots burning at the same time. I think it's because my mind always sees multiple pots burning at the same time. So when they really are, sometimes I get paralyzed by the decision of what pot to tend to. And I'm talking about this because I, it's very important to me that all of you know somehow none of those pots boiled over to burn me fully. I am the most at peace I've ever been in my life. I am a level of content that I did not believe possible. And I'm a Disney kid, okay? Like I grew up watching musicals. Um, I, I grew up going to Disney World. I grew up with the most incredible marriage I've ever seen between my parents. I have, I have been surrounded by love my whole life. And I just didn't think that this type of love, this peaceful love could happen to me. And it did. A lot of you guys ask me about like what I did to meet Nick, where I was when I met Nick, how you can meet Nick. And I remember being right there. (laughs) I mean, I ended a relationship because I wasn't experiencing love in the way that I guess a glimmer of me thought that this type of love was possible. Maybe it was that combined with the fact that there was so little love left. Maybe it, there, it was never really there to begin with. Um, and I couldn't, I couldn't take it, you know? I mean, I was in a relationship for a really long time because I thought that was the type of relationship people had and because I thought that a lot of my emotional um, dysregulation due to ADHD was something that was for me and only me to pretend I didn't have. So when I heard people say, 
or see things online. Like I saw so much stuff online when people would be like, oh, I'm just in love and they'd say all this stuff. I was like, you know, maybe I just need to, maybe to get there, I need to repress my real feelings. Maybe to feel that way, to be in that stable of a relationship, I need to, like they just don't have ADHD. I thought ADHD was a burden that was mine to carry, a thing that would keep me from everyone else and a punishment that I had to bear. And like everybody with ADHD, you know, we try so hard. I would argue we try harder than anyone who doesn't have it at pretending like we don't. We try so hard to be patient. We try so hard to sit still. We try so hard to shut up and we can't, okay? And so eventually I was bursting at the seams and I was like, I can't do this anymore. And so I ended their relationship. And the thing is, after ending that relationship, I went on a spree of dates because people were like, oh, you must be grieving. And I'm like, I'm not sad. Like, I realized something. I'm not sad. I want love that I see everywhere. And so when I tell you every single person I dated, like I had Hinge, every date I went on, I was like, what did my past relationship not have? I want this. Um, I want him to go to work at X type of job or be this age. I tried everything. I tried to make it an algorithm. Like I literally tried to gamify dating on my own, which was funny because what seemed to be the most important lesson I learned dating my ex was that I can't control anything. Um, no matter how many inputs I thought were correct, Somehow at the end of the day, I mean, I went on dates with great people. I thought I fell in love. I've just met my red. And it was so funny how long, how often meeting the person who related, who made me relate to the red recordings, I was like, I fell in love. And I was like, think about this the other day. I'm like, no, I didn't. I kept them at an arm's length. Um, I never really showed them who I was. And it was, I didn't want anyone close to me. No one had been close to me for so long. I was in a relationship where it seemed like my partner was determined not to see me. And honestly, I was determined for the majority of it, I thought that a lot of parts of me were ugly. And so I think I was perfectly content not being seen at all. And so when I ended that relationship, I thought, I don't want to be this miserable again. I chose to be this miserable, which I didn't, you know, um, And then I continued to employ the same like controlling narrative. Like in the relationship, I thought I could make somebody somebody they weren't, which isn't a fair thing to do. And then I went on to date acting as though, you know, I could do the same thing. <laughs> and I'm talking about this because one of you commented on my TikTok, one of my TikToks the other day, asking for advice, um, which is what I used to do. And I honestly, I want to go back to it. Um, so if you have questions for me on some of my TikToks, Feel free to comment there. I used to say you could DM me on Instagram. You can if you want, but um, I feel like my TikToks, I check that a lot more now, like those comments, because I want to make sure I'm replying to you guys. I'm trying to get a better groove. Someone commented and they asked, how do you have any advice for not being cynical after a breakup? And I tried to reply to this in a TikTok video, but I felt like I didn't get my thoughts fully through. And so I want to address it here. You can avoid uncomfortable emotions. I believe, I mean, if you have, if you can, uh, my ADHD brain just perked an ear, like tell me, <laughs> I, I wanted to avoid so much in life. I wanted to avoid discomfort, which is I think half of the reason I stayed in a relationship so long. 
I wanted to avoid feeling alone. I wanted to avoid feeling wrong. I wanted to avoid feeling like I lost. I went through a tough breakup in college. Well, not really that tough, but my ex-boyfriend spent the year after our breakup like tormenting me on campus and acting like violently and it was terrifying and I went to a small school and so and he was in a fraternity and so I like just had a time senior year and I think half of all the things that I went through I thought for so long were my fault and so I thought this is my fault how do I prevent this pain I was in so much pain I was like how do I prevent this pain from happening again date somebody that you're not fully into and of course of course, I didn't date somebody knowing that I wasn't fully into them. I didn't go into that maliciously. I just, I think I've learned, I know I've learned that letting go of control is probably the hardest task I will have to practice myself doing, like a practice that I have to incorporate, but it's the most important one. When I ended my long relationship I wasn't really cynical because I didn't feel like I had fallen out of love, my most recent one. But when I ended my relationship with my high school boyfriend in college, I would say I was cynical and I wanted to not be and I tried to push those feelings down. I was bitter and I was heartbroken. I remember when I broke up with my first boyfriend, when I broke up with my first love, I genuinely thought my heart was breaking in half. I was like, this is the worst pain I've ever experienced in my life. And do you want to know what I did? I tried to avoid that feeling. So I went on to date two more people and those two people, neither of them got even a sliver of my heart. I was so bitter and I was so sad. And then when I dumped my most recent like ex, I went to therapy that week and I cried, I think for a week about my high school boyfriend. And I felt all the feelings that I tried to push so far deep inside and maybe it's just me, but I realized that I couldn't avoid them. And after crying and going back to parts of me, I guess, like young me, which was alarming, I was like 26, thinking all the feelings I was afraid to say in a small school. I remember telling my like therapist, like, what if it's me and him? Like things I felt were dumb to feel. And this is just what happened to me. I felt them and then I felt some peace and it happened slowly, not all at once. I have never felt more at peace with my life than I do right now. I processed that breakup years later. And honestly, I would argue I processed it years going up to it. Bitterness, cynic, being like cynicism, anger, sadness, regret, hurt are all uncomfortable. But there is nothing wrong with you for feeling any of those feelings. You are a human being. That's part of being human. If I didn't date those two people who were like placeholders of the love of my life, I wouldn't have met the actual love of my life, Nick. And so I want to reiterate my true belief that you are always on time for your own life, that you cannot miss what is meant for you. And so right now, you may feel like you are in a loss and I want you to know that I'm sorry and I want you to know that it is going to be okay. And I know that many people have probably told you that it is going to be okay, but on my personal experience, it never hurts to hear one more person tell you that it is going to be okay. But I wanna tell you that how you're feeling right now, the depth of the emotion that you're feeling right now, the dark and the sadness, there is nothing wrong with you for feeling it. You are not bad. You did not do anything wrong. You are not being punished and you couldn't have avoided it. I want you to say this to yourself every morning that you could not have avoided it. 
I will love and cherish my first love for the rest of my life. I used to say that I was in love. I'm in love with the version of him I knew. I'm not actively in love with him. For a while I was in love with the version of him I knew. I will always have love for that man. I closed a chapter a long time ago about him. Um, there are, looking back in my life, hints of Nick in everywhere I looked, in everywhere I turned. I fully believe with every part of my being that I was meant to meet Nick now. I believe the Nick is the love that I will have for the absolute rest of my life. I have never been more sure of anything. And everyone else, I've been a little unsure. I've been a little afraid to say I was unsure. And so if you're anything like me, I hope that what I'm saying is a reminder that you can't, you can't like mess that up for you. Does that make sense? Like there are parts and qualities of my first love that I wanted and like that I could have used in a partner. Parts that I tried to logic my way into dating after breaking up with somebody again. What's funny is that a parts, parts don't really fully make a person. There's like this weird magic part where someone's just themselves and that's who you love. The person, not the like behaviors. I would complain to my friends, my most recent ex, I guess we call, can we just call him Calvin? Like my Calvin Harris um, was like really outdoorsy. And also like a lot of people I've dated have been, which is funny, like my first boyfriend. And he would spend like hours in like Patagonia or REI. And I just like wasn't commented on. And he played video games with his friends and he would do, it felt like everything to separate time with me. Like when we ended up living together, he would play video games in like different rooms. And imagine, no, this person wasn't the love of my life, but this was someone I wanted to avoid pain with again, right? And I just felt like they just didn't want anything to do with me. Nick loves the outdoors. He's going ca camping soon. And I went to Newport with him when he visited. And I've never felt more whole in places that I've felt not seen in. I guess I've never felt more whole in places I felt half. We walked in stores I've walked in with other men. We've done things similar to things I've seen in other relationships. But there's this weird thing about Nick where being with him there, nothing has ever felt more right or calm for me. And as someone with ADHD who knows how to hyperfocus, that is a gift he gives me that I don't know if I can ever repay. I started unpacking my ADHD senior year of college like what it meant emotionally and how much it meant that I, like I just thought it was that I couldn't sit still in class. I read Driven to Distraction senior year. I had a relationship with Calvin Harris when I was unpacking all of this. I remember saying things about ADHD, reading Attitude Magazine, trying to explain how it affected me. And you know, I think I needed those years. I think that's the most crucial part of everything I'm saying is that I don't think any of those years were lost. It took me years of knowing in my heart what Nick wasn't to recognize him when I saw him. And I just, I think I really want to remind you guys of that. And that if you're in a low, I think that time is purposeful, all things considered. Obviously, you know, there are extraneous circumstances and I don't mean to gloss over things that I have not experienced. I just, Nick texted me the other day and he's like starting to read Driven to Distraction and think about me. I've never asked him to do that. I spent a really long time thinking that Nick didn't exist. A lot of my relationship with Calvin Harris, he 
would gaslight me into thinking Nick didn't exist. My therapist, not to overshare, I say a podcast I have while talking about myself. Um, like that's the whole podcast. Um, my therapist described what I dealt with senior year with the ex-boyfriend I had who was violent as a campus gaslighting me. That was before I saw it on TikTok. Um, and that's how, I mean, she was, I was like, I was so ashamed of college too. I was ashamed that I graduated college. And I didn't have like, bushels of best friends my best friend Brianna has been my best friend for the entire time of college we met freshman year I talk about her all the time and I'm so thankful for her um I didn't have and I was in a sorority and I felt like no one I just didn't I felt so alone without like Brianna obviously and I unpacked it in therapy while dating Calvin Harris I stopped talking and my therapist was like wow like from the not being let into parties to the people coming up to you because your ex-boyfriend like ran a smear campaign against you every night. He would like torment me outside of my bedroom window. It was weird. Um, she's like, you seems like you've been gaslit. And then it kind of like greenlit me into dating Calvin who just was like gaslight King. Um, he would be like, you're just, your expectations are too high. Like you're never going to meet this. And so many people like told me that actively, like your expectations for your partner are too high. You're going to be alone for a long, long time. Calvin would be like, is it nothing good enough for you? And I think any man who, first of all, men are probably not listening to this podcast, like straight, cis, white men, I don't believe are listening to this podcast. If they are, hi. Um, I just think, and I also think that when you're like born in a patriarchal society, we reinforce these ideas and men, most straight, cis, white men aren't used to not getting their way in life. He'd be like, isn't this, nothing's good enough for you. And for a bit, I, I, I tried really hard to lean into the bit because I felt like the pain of being there wasn't as bad as the pain of restarting, which is funny because with ADHD, if there's one thing I love to do, it is cut my hair short for no reason, buy new binders to reorganize my stuff and start over. I love a clean slate. And Nick just like stands in stark contrast to all of that. So if you're with someone who is telling you that what your instinct says is stupid or wrong, I want you to know, let me be, even if I'm only the second person, concluding your instinct, you know you're not. You deserve to be seen for the parts of you that you don't think are pretty. And I'm telling you, like, it is hard. I mean, it's an adjustment I've had. I was thinking about this the other day that like there are parts of me that I'm not like fond of there are parts of me that I don't like. And the most jarring thing about loving Nick is he seems to like those parts. It's like, he's like, oh no, I think they're perfect. And I'm like, why did you see that? And I'm just really thankful that I met him in this life. Now, it took a while, <laughs> it took 27 years. Anyway, before I go, I, um, I want to devote the next, the end of this podcast to addressing pride. This is the first podcast that we have during pride month. And I want to make myself clear if I haven't been already, I am a giant ally of the LGBTQ T like plus IA community. I am so happy that we have pride this year. Um, I've made a Facebook group and I'm trying to accept everybody. But if any of you guys are in like local cities and would like to go to prides together or if I'm near, um, let me know. Like we can share those because I think that's awesome. 
I'm going to be sharing resources as much as I can on my Instagram with places to donate to like um, organizations that make and create and help to sustain a safe environment for members of the community to come out to live their most true and organic selves and their true and organic lives. Um, it's funny when I first started posting on TikTok with ADHD, um, I was kind of like vague about having it. And some people were like, oh, did you end up having to come out? I'm like, no, I don't know the experience of not, listen, I'm a straight cisgendered white woman. Like I do not know the experience in any capacity of somebody coming out. With that said, it's the best community as an ally to be a part of because um, it's so funny how accepting the community has been to me. And I think there's a part of the world or a part of the internet that I love very dearly where there's like this unwritten thing where we've all felt deeply, deeply not accepted from parts of us that we can't change. I don't want to compare being, and I never will compare being gay to having what's considered a mental disorder. Um, I love my ADHD. I have vivid memories of not, of wishing I didn't have it my whole life and like trying and trying and trying to not have this. And it's, I don't have enough words to describe how kind this community has been to me and other people like me. And I'm just, I wanted to wish everybody a very happy pride because um, I'm moving in July, but maybe if I'm in California next year, I'd love to go to pride there. I bet it's really fun because of how warm it is all the time. You live in Massachusetts, even though it's June, we get some rainy days every once in a while, but um, yeah, so to the community that has always accepted me, I want to say thanks, and I believe you deserve more than one month, but since it's June, happy Pride, and I love you. To everybody else, I hope you have a great week. I love you, and I will see you next Tuesday. Bye.